believe it or not from those scriptures, this is very much going to be a Christmas message. No, it's slightly misleading, but uh, that's where we're going to go. I'm going to I'm going to start off sounding like I'm going to take us in the direction of a modern day Scrooge, but I I promise I'm going to bring it back. And uh, just as a reminder for anybody listening in, there's going to be some spoilers about some things that kids may or may not know about the Christmas season. So be careful, parents. So I was originally going to title this series. Why Christmas? In light of our, you know, the series that we've been going through, uh, the Why Do We Do This series, kind of explaining why it is that we do the things that we do here as Christians, really thinking through critically a lot of our liturgy and worship. But there was one sub-point in my original draft that of my sermon that just demanded more time and demanded to be heard. So that's why we're the change of title. But uh, it's a great, legitimate question to get us started. Why Christmas? Why Christmas? Why do we make such a big deal out of Christmas every year? I mean, it is by far the most celebrated Christian holiday on our calendar, especially within the the broader culture that we're in right now. Uh, Far more than any other holiday, including what we call Easter. And yet, Unlike Resurrection Sunday, there's no biblical principle for why we do it, the way that we do it year after year. Um, There's certainly no biblical mandate to celebrate Christmas. It's not like it's uh, one of the feasts or holidays that we read about in the Old Testament. In the Gospels, it's little more than a historical footnote in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. Mark skips over it entirely. And John goes out of his way to point out that Jesus didn't begin at Christmas time. He always existed. He is eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Pointing out that Jesus had always existed. And nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded or mandated to celebrate Christmas. Nor is there anything about Christmas trees, candles, wreaths, nothing about December 25th, and the character we based Santa Claus off of didn't live until the third century. So if the New Testament doesn't suggest it, the early church didn't celebrate it, so why Christmas? It's a good question. And it's got a good answer, an answer that surprised even me when I first learned this, because it, ha- it has everything to do with the culture that a lot of our modern traditions came from. Because sometime in the fourth century, in Rome, there was a festival to their sun god. It took place on December 25th. There were Yule logs, mistletoe, and even the exchanging of gifts. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So these these pagans are worshiping their pagan god. They have all of their idolatrous traditions. And the Christians wanted to give them the truth of the gospel, but they didn't know how. They were looking for a means to give them the truth. So they say something to this effect, something like, oh, hey, you guys have this special day to worship the sun that gives light to the world, huh? We worship the light of the world. How about I, you give us a few minutes to tell you about them? 
and they would effectively use their holiday as a platform to tell them about Jesus, about the light of the world who came to save people from their sins. That's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. Using the culture to reach the people within the culture, using their own traditions to give them the truth. And by the way, unlike what other people accuse us of, because you can certainly find these people online, that does not make Christmas or the traditions that we have, nor even the tree that we have here, pagan necessarily. If anything, it's incredibly biblical. Because I, I see the same thing happen with the Apostle Paul in Acts 17, where he's preaching to the Greeks in Athens using their altar to the unknown God. Some of you guys know this story, that the Greeks, they had all of these gods, they had a god for everything. And just in case they missed one, they erected an altar to an unknown god, just in case they missed one. And so Paul comes around preaching the gospel on his missionary journey. He sees this altar and he says, you guys don't know this God? I know this God. Let me reveal him to you. And using their own altar, their own place of worship to something they didn't understand, to give them the God who revealed himself to us. That's pretty clever. That's using the culture to reach the culture. And that's exactly what Christmas is all about. We have all of these traditions, we have all of these symbols, and we use them to give the gospel to others. It's a great opportunity to talk about Jesus to this culture that increasingly wants nothing to do with Jesus. And yet every one of our neighbors has lights, has trees, has displays in their yards of manger scenes. We have a great opportunity given to us. Because make no mistake, people still to this day have no idea what Christmas is actually about. They see all these symbols, they see all the lights, but they have no idea what it means. Now, most people know that there's a manger, a magi, and something to do with Jesus, but they don't know what it means. You know, when I was at Brookdale, I took a sociology class, and they made me do a group project which is never a good idea, by the way, on a culture of our choice. And I don't know how I convinced my professor to do this, but I convinced him it was okay for us to give a presentation on the Christian culture. And so, you know, I had uh, two partners with me, and I gave, let them have the, the, the subtopic of Christian history, the basic concept of Christianity, and I took over some other things. And you... They came up with such a sad response when it was came time to deliver the, our, our presentation where they talked about something about a manger, something about magi, and Jesus came to just tell people to love one another. I was so embarrassed. I was so caught off guard by, by their answer. And make no mistake, this culture that we live in similarly knows so little about what Christmas is about. They know parts of it, but they miss the whole. And we too, this time of year, have a, a real opportunity to reveal the unknown God of Christmas to our friends, to our family, to our neighbors, to our coworkers. 
those who miss what this time of year is all about. And this is what we do as Christians. We take the culture, we see the culture, and we meet it where it is with whatever we have. You know, for instance, you know, most of you are aware rock music is a thing. It's, it's out there, and there are people who frequently go into rock clubs and bars that would never enter a building like this. So what do, Christ, what do some Christians do? They form rock groups, and they go into those bars and those rock clubs, and then they use that as a platform to tell people about Jesus. You know, many years ago, that's what I did with a group that I was in, and that was some of the most fruitful and effective evangelism I've ever done. We need to do more of that as Christians, finding ways to reach this culture around us, even if it means using the culture, though we might not agree with everything it stands for, find ways to bring them the truth within it. So yes, there's a trace of paganism at the root of Christmas. That did happen. But does that make anything that we do here pagan or wrong or incorrect for us to have a Christmas tree in here? Hardly. I think it's the most biblical thing we can do. Because Christmas is significant. I mean, we literally changed our timeline into B.C. and A.D. over the birth of Christ. That's a big deal. Even the world recognized that. So the tree, the wreaths, the candles, yeah, none of it traces back to the Bible, but that's not a problem for me. Because using it the way we do it is incredibly biblical. So long as it's a one-way street, as long as it's what we're using to bring the message to those we're ministering to and not the other way around. Because some, if the message of paganism finds its way into the church, that can be a problem. And make no mistake, guys, it has in a big way, especially at Christmas time. Think about it. What is the message of Christmas? For lack of a better word, what is the gospel according to Santa? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because Santa Claus is coming to town. So you better be good. You better get your act together. What does that mean when you think about it? That is a works-based system that judges you based on how good or how bad you are. That is not the gospel. That's the antithesis of the gospel. That is bad news for sinners like me. That's that's not good news. Because I won't be good. None of us will be. There's no one who does good. We read that in Romans a few minutes ago. If he knows if I've been bad or good, he knows I've been bad. So if Santa is biblical at all, he wouldn't give the children anything. It's, it's, it's so wrong. And so let me tell you, when you mix the message of Santa and Jesus, it sends a mixed message. When you place Santa and his reindeer, which are a symbol of judgment, a symbol of evaluating your good works, next to a manger scene, which is a picture of grace, you're sending a mixed message. 
They have no business being next to each other. You have, when you have Christian beliefs and pagan beliefs being displayed next to each other, what do your kids think? They'll logically conclude, well, Jesus is basing me the same way. Oh, he sees what I'm, he sees whether I've been bad or good, so I better be good. It's all about me being good, right? God help us. Rather, it's what we see in Ephesians 2, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. Now, there is nothing confusing about that straightforward message. There's nothing ambiguous about how we truly are saved. In the kingdom of God, there is no boasting. There's no exalting that we have been good. There's no salvation in my own doing. It is simply a gift from God. In the sense that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that all who believe in him will be saved. That's good news. That is great news for sinners like me. Here's what I tell my kids every year, and they'll vouch for this, that the gifts we give to you on Christmas are not because you have been good or bad. We we don't give them to you because you did well in school or because you behaved really well with each other. The truth might be the opposite of that some days. Because everyone has sinned, including mommy and daddy. Rather, you are my child, and I love you with my whole heart. That's why we give this to you. And by goodness, that is the gospel. Because you are my child and I love you so much, here is this gift of grace that you did not earn. That's the gospel. That is 1 John chapter 3 that says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and so we are. Think about it. One of these days... You know, they're little right now and making all the ruckus in the back, but one of these days, they'll be receiving an inheritance from me. They'll get the car, they'll get whatever's left of the house by the time they're done destroying it growing up. And in the same way, God gives us an inheritance, an eternal inheritance. Not based on whether we've earned it, but he gives us everything because we are his children. Not in a, you better watch out, you better not cry kind of counterfeit gospel, but because we are God's adopted children through Jesus Christ, that he came into the world to create, to, 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 to make a way for us to be the adopted sons and daughters of God. That first Christmas. So the question is not whether you've been bad or good. It's are you a son or daughter of God? Because it's not true that we are all God's children, by the way. 
We're all created in the image of God. We're all loved by God. Jesus died on the cross for everyone. And God is God to God to everyone. But he's only your father if you have the son. 1 John 2 verse 23 says, No one who denies the son has the father. Whoever confesses the son has the father also. So the question to us this morning is not whether you've been good or bad again. It's, are you part of the family? Because the truth is, God has signed the adoption papers. He did that for each of us on the cross. The question is, do we accept it? Do we do our little bit that we do at the end and say, yes, Lord? Do we look to him and say, yes, Lord, I believe in you. I admit I haven't been good. I haven't earned your grace. But thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me and make me the person you want me to be. That's where it begins. Not in our displays of our righteousness. But looking to his. That's what it's about. So why Christmas? Because what is a more glorious thing to celebrate every year than the hope that I just described, that God has given to each of us every year? Every one of us. You know what I mean. And why Christmas? Because this time of year, again, people are thinking about Jesus. There's all those manger displays and all those lights up all around town. You guys see it even here on Broadway. But they don't understand it. They just need somebody to connect the dots and explain what that story all means. And that's what you guys come in. Because I'm not going to be at every one of your holiday parties. I'm not going to be at all of your work parties that are taking place this week or whatever gatherings you guys find yourselves at. But you guys are going. And when you hear a Christmas carol come in on the radio station or something like that, you can be the one to say, I know what that's about. Or, hey, have you ever thought about what that line means? Use that as a bridge builder for the gospel. Using this opportunity to reveal the unknown God of Christmas when they hear those Christmas carols and, those man- and see those manger scenes. Don't settle for the counterfeit message of Christmas being declared to by others this time of year. Thanks be to God. Amen.